Just a Talking Games Podcast. Welcome back. This is the Talking Games Podcast, episode 114. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Uh, don't forget to check out the website, gamesinquirer.com. Find us on social forward slash gamesinquirer everywhere. Uh, it is Sunday, the 27th of August, 2023. We are only four days away from Starfield dropping, which is likely going to be the biggest game of this year. Uh, we have got a review uh, copy coming on Monday. Um, I'm currently reviewing Armored Core 6, though, uh, which I'm really enjoying. We're going to be speaking about the games we're currently playing in just a sec. Uh, but uh, we got Nightmare and Shinobi this week. How are you guys doing? Yeah. All good. Some more than that, dude. Come on. <laughs> all good. I'm all great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's happening? Uh, there are, the other guys are slightly busy this week, obviously, as we've spoken about before. Um, they're all doing their summer things this year. Uh, hopefully they'll be back next week or the week after. We shall see. Uh, shout out to Bam, who's just had his newest addition to his family. Congratulations, dude. Uh, hopefully we'll see you in the next uh, next few weeks, uh, if you're not already in this podcast later on. Uh, but we have got some uh, some news to touch on. We did have a post that went up last night, uh, which came from Shinobi. Uh, I wanted to address this quickly because the comments and the... Uh, the response from PlayStation fans has been hilarious. <laughs> uh, so, right, uh, in the article at the top, we have had a, a couple of comments come back about it being dumb, being called a dumb terminal for the PlayStation portal. Um, uh, Shinobi, would you like to explain what a dumb terminal is? Yeah, dumb terminal is an IT expression, uh, networking expression for um, not being able to process so it's predominantly an input device or, in these days, streaming. But it comes from way back when in, in computing. Just to give you a little background on the post, um, they were accusing me of calling the PlayStation Portal dumb, when, in actual fact, I was referencing an IT term into its functionality. And then uh, they're very critical. There's a lot of toxic gamers on social media, and rather than encouraging you, they like to uh, splatter your your comments or, you know. Yeah, there is, there is a lot of that with the console warring. It's, it's either PlayStation or Xbox. We don't but get... it, wasn't, it wasn't a war because it's a PlayStation group. Do you know what I'm saying? So... Yeah, there's always, like, with PlayStation or Xbox, whenever you're on Twitter or Facebook or anything, if you say something bad about one of them, they're going to attack you for it. We get, we get yeah, it yeah but they, hold we on, post. hold on. They, they were slagging it off themselves. They were saying, um, oh, it's too expensive and all this rubbish, and then about this, is how useless it is. Whereas um, my review was more, not my review, my opinion, was more catered to, you know, seeing all different perspectives from different gamers. Do you know what I mean? So I kept open-minded, but I went into the positive and negative things do you know what i mean uh what people were talking about across the web anyway um my observations but these people they just i don't know what's wrong with them man they're like narcissists man they're just like it's mate as i said this is playstation fanboys sony ponies and xbox they they do this stuff all the time the amount of times well, they... we've posted something in in favor of like microsoft and we've been attacked by playstation and we post something positive uh playstation and we get attacked by Microsoft. It's it or my Xbox fans. It's just you know it's it happens. And I think the console war is is a 
it's really starting to become quite personal for some people. <laughs> Sorry, Mark, it's also the fact it. that uh, it's also the fact that the internet is just the internet. You can't please anyone. Yeah, you people are gonna be mad. Even if you said that everyone on Earth was the best person ever, they'd still get mad somehow. Yeah, you could call yeah, them does. the nicest person on Earth, and they'd be like, "How dare you!" <laughs> yeah, that is absolutely true. That is true. That is true. I mean, we've had console wars since, like, the Sega Mega Drive, Genesis versus Super Nintendo, and even before that, Mars System, NES, even, like, Commodore Spectrum, do you know what I mean? But, um, basically, uh, what's going on now, like, it's like you don't have a right to comment on anything, like, no opinion, do you know what I mean? Like, these, these people are just so narcissistic, it's unbelievable. Yeah, we have have had a comment on that post as well, which I'll quickly read. Uh, It's from Bicklebork on Twitter. He said, you know, it's funny. I keep saying about how Sony takes advantage of how people don't know how computers work when they claim that Series S is holding things back when PC has been doing a wide variety of abilities for decades, uh, which is absolutely true. Um, Sony just, they they think that their fans don't know anything about computers. And and often that has been the case, especially with this post is kind of highlighted um but i know i think xbox microsoft users are kind of more in tune because obviously with with pc you have to be uh, which doesn't seem to be a problem but sony hasn't obviously been historically pro pc for a long time and i think that's where they've kind sony fans have kind of been uh, how, how can I put it? Ha- haven't been paying as much attention to the technical side of it or computer how computers work because obviously they're just strictly console. So when somebody comes out with something that is directly flies in the face of what they believe or is any way critical of anything that Sony does, they attack you for it. It's happened to us multiple times. This is before I before I would I'm kind of at a stalemate. Before I would lyrically assassinate them online. Yeah? And then what happens is that uh, nowadays with all the new rules and that, when you do that, you're the bad guy for defending yourself, and then you get banned. Yeah, yeah Facebook does it to us all the time, mate. I yeah, can't, no, I can't even defend myself. Do you know what I mean? I have to be... Uh, and then sometimes uh, you get the mods and the admins are biased towards those contributors because they contribute all the time. And I don't contribute... Because of these stupid trolls, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they put me off the group. So those people are actually harming the group, and I don't understand why the admin and the mods are supporting them because they're destroying their own group. 100% agree. Yeah. 100% huh? agree. Facebook is like that, though. You can't say anything on Facebook anymore. If someone, if someone says, for example, you're a C next Tuesday, and then you respond with something in kind, you get banned, they don't. Or somebody will say something that is just blatantly offensive and you report it and Facebook doesn't take it down. It's uh, Social media is, is just a complete shit show right now. And it has been for It has been mostly for a while, but lately it's just gone worse. Anyway, uh, we need to talk. We need to discuss the news this week. Um, there is a kind of sad news this week. Uh, Wyndham Rotunda, also known as Bray Wyatt, is a WWE wrestler. Uh, he was making his own horror film uh, before returning to the ring. Um, he went off uh, work for about six, seven months now. Uh, left just in round uh, January, February time. Uh, after Royal Rumble, we had one match back. Uh, and then he disappeared. And everyone said it was down to an illness. 
Uh, turns out he caught COVID. Uh, he had long form COVID. Uh, he's only 36 years old. Uh, and on the 24th, so two days ago, or no, three days ago now, uh, Thursday, uh, he passed away of a heart attack. Um, oh. This has obviously hurt oh, a lot of people. Yeah, it's really bad. Uh, he's only he was only thirty six years old. He's four days older than me, uh, which is that's kind of hit me pretty hard because I think about my health now. Um, but they did uh, WWE executive Paul Levesque, also known as Triple H, revealed the news on Twitter. Uh, he said just received a call from WWE Hall of Famer Mike Rotunda, informs of the tragic news that our WWE family member for life, Wyndham Rotunda, also known as Bray Wyatt. Unexpectedly passed away earlier today. Our thoughts are with his family, and we ask those, everyone, to respect their privacy at this time. Uh, according to wrestling reporter Sean Rossap, uh, Wyndham Rotunda died of a heart attack after contracting COVID, who apparently exasperated his heart issues. Uh, he already had heart issues prior to catching COVID, and COVID made it worse. Uh, Terry Funk, uh, the legendary wrestler, died at 76 just the day before, on the 23rd. Uh, so it's kind of hit the wrestling world by uh, quite hard. Yes. Um, he's been absent for several months of uh, what's been described as a life-threatening issue, uh, mainly down to his health uh, involving his heart because he contracted COVID. Um, one of the most... Slate is one of the most creative people in wrestling, and if you know anything about wrestling, it's basically the last bastion in the theatre. Uh, he's one of the most creative people ever to grace that industry. Uh, he was making his own horror film that got put on hold so he can come back to the ring, uh, which, judging by his previous body of work, uh, would have been probably one of the best horror movies ever made because he is just a horror genius. And, uh, yeah, he passed away 36 years old, which is uh, very, very sad. Um, I'm 36, and he's only four days older than me, and he has a heart attack. Uh, if uh, if you your loved hug, hug ones... Take care of each other because you don't know when your time's going to be up. And, uh, rest in peace, Wyndham Rotunda, also known as Bray Wyatt. Uh, we got to talk about Gamescom this week. There was uh, another stage invader. Uh, opening night live was interrupted by someone claiming that he, what they, Bill Clinton wants to play GTA 6. <laughs> I want to play GTA 6. Jeff Keighley absolutely handled this like a boss. It was interrupted. Two people jumped on stage. You wouldn't have even notice the second guy. He was on stage, on camera for like three seconds before the camera cut off. Um, but apparently he repeated several times, Bill Clinton wants to play GTA 6. Uh, <laughs> he has done this before. He's been to several Germany shows, uh, several game reveals. He came on TV. He interrupted a live TV set to jump on camera. Something that's completely unrelated. They were talking to like the Oscars or movies or something and he just jumped on stage and said i want to play gta 6 in the middle of a live broadcast on tv uh, <laughs> it's just ridiculous uh keely responded this is just so disappointing this is a special night for so many developers it's really disappointing to see someone act that way really it's just so sad to see someone like that happen on a night we're here to celebrate games uh while unconfirmed the individual may have been the same person who earlier this week crashed the german football tv show to demand Rockstar release GTA 6. <laughs> What's that got to do with football? 
Uh, Keely later announced the game will <laughs> take place on December 7th. Uh, they are promising that security will be tighter from now on at Gamescom and likely for uh, the Game Awards because this is now the second Jeff Keighley show that has been interrupted by somebody talking about Bill Clinton. Do you guys remember the Game Wars in December? When that 15-year-old kid came on stage with the Elden Ring development team and started talking about he wants to dedicate this award to his something rabbi Bill Clinton. Like, what is it with Bill Clinton? Seriously. <laughs> Clinton's just arming these bunch of trolls to jump on stage at live book to live TV and start talking about him. It's just ridiculous. Uh, there was obviously news. He said they are prepared for security breaches after the live stage invasion. Uh, Jeff Keighley was interrupted by obviously the guy shouting Bill Clinton wants to play GTA 6 several times. The other guy had jumped in front of the camera thinking he was on camera. So he was on there for about three seconds where the camera cut off. And because he was moving so quick and the camera moved so quick, you couldn't see what was written on his T-shirt. But he thought it was a really bright idea to write his social media handles on his shirt to basically out himself. This is who I am. I'm, I'm interrupting everything. Uh, speaking to uh, VGC earlier that day, Christian Bauer explained that the safety of participants and attendees is of great importance. Uh, he said the security measures have increased over time and making the whole experience as safe for everyone as possible. Uh, we are very specific and very clear about this is our playbook. If you want to come to Gamescom, there are rules. You have to play along. Uh, you, will, you will be removed. We're very transparent about that. In the end, it was good because the intention of the person was just something silly. But of course, if someone with bad intentions would have tried to do that, that would be a big risk. Obviously, they are now increasing their safety policies for all these events. So if you're going to the Game Awards in December, which is going to be airing December 7th this year, uh, yeah, do not invade the pitch because you will be arrested. Uh, just like the other guy was last week. Um, anyway, uh, we got to talk about Starfield, which is a big thing. Uh, are you guys looking forward to Starfield? I'm looking forward to it, but I won't be able to play it. Why not? <laughs> I don't have an Xbox. I don't uh, have an Xbox. You got PC? I, have, I have an Xbox One, and then my next-gen console you can play on is Xbox One. the PS5. You have got an well, X, you can I, play it on Xbox One. Isn't that like, like cloud streaming yes. crap? I don't, I don't really want yeah. to do that. Oh, okay. You're going to miss out, dude. Really that game looks phenomenal. Uh, what I have you guys been playing this week, by the way? Wait, what? What, what have I played? What have I played? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, I played a lot of Mario Kart, smashed my rivals. Um, and uh, I've been playing um, Ghost of Tsushima. And, You're still uh, playing that? It's a beautiful game, man. I can't help it. Yeah, yeah I do, I do <laughs> like Ghost of Tsushima. I'm not so much a fan of the Dead Souls games anymore. Uh, I do. I was yeah. into them for a little while when Bloodborne came out, and then obviously Elden yeah. Ring. But yeah, I'm kind of like the one-hit death game mechanics kind of put me off. It's just well, it's just like, straight to stress. <laughs> Ghost of Tsushima is like really good, though. It's like it's 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 quite. It's not it's not impossible. Like um. You know, from software games, but um, yeah, it's quite accessible to a lot of people. So I enjoyed that, and I also played the two of us finally because you can't play it without a friend. Yeah. So buying it is just rubbish, you know. If I bought it, so luckily I got it on um, uh, EA Access. 
you know, and then Sony gave it for free, I think, didn't they? Yeah, they did. We've been, I've been playing that with Benny for a little while. We haven't finished it. We do need to jump back into that. Um, but I've been that playing is... Armored Core Six, Fires yeah. of Rubicon for the last couple of days. Um, I'm only a couple of missions in because it is so difficult, um, but it is worth it. It is one of the. I, I haven't played all the Armored Core Six games, but from what I've been hearing from others, uh, they think it's the best one yet. Um, and I'm really, really enjoying it. It's a beautiful-looking game. Sound design is brilliant. Feedback on the controls is amazing. Uh, it's just, obviously, the difficulty. Um, if you've never played an Armored Core game before, I'd probably look into playing it first to kind of see what you're going to get into. Uh, there are cheaper options out there for previous games in the series, and I'd probably look into that first before you go ahead and splash no, out. No, 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 no. It's supposed to be... This, wait, hold on. This is supposed to be a reboot, and basically of the series. Yeah, so yeah, it's, it's a the, reboot of the series, but there is cheaper options out there. But there's nothing, there's nothing like this, man. I looked at the history, yeah, and there is nothing like. And this is supposed to be the best mech game ever made. It yeah, is the best so, mech. I, I would yeah. say that as well. But I would say if you're gonna, if you're on the fence about whether to get it or not, possibly look at the other games in the series first because they are out there cheaper than what spending seventy, eighty dollars. Uh, I, I think they're a bit more different though. They they are different as far as gameplay, but I'm talking about challenge because obviously it's a from software game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'd probably look at that first before you jump into trying out the new one because it, there is a significant learning curve uh, of how difficult this game is. Um, I got to the first boss and it took me 25 tries to beat that flipping plane. Um, also, try and go around in before you get to the first boss and kill all the other little mechs first because that gives you experience. So you can, you're, you're not as weak because <laughs> I just immediately jumped from point to point and ignored everything and I got killed immediately. So try and get some experience first. <laughs> Uh, also, you're going to need to be able don't try and fly high because those rockets will automatically target you. The, the first boss is that it will not let you take off. So you have to try and basically keep behind the boxes, move out the way of its line of sight, dodge as much as you possibly can, and just keep shooting. Don't stop shooting because it's going to take you ages to beat this thing. The game is amazing, though. Uh, the flight mechanics are brilliant. We wish that you could fly for longer initially because it's cut. There's a there's a, a limit on how much you have to land and then take off again. But the flight mechanics are brilliant. Uh, it does feel like if, if people are um, when it's just like Transformers technically. There's, there's nothing. I mean, this is there's been nothing great like this since Demon X Machina. No, that I, was I would say that as well. That's that as well. That was a brilliant. You can definitely game. tell though this is a FromSoft game. Like this is un is unmistakable that this is from from software. Like just graphically, the voice acting, everything is is spot on. It's beautiful. It's a great looking game. I will have a review up this week if I can try and beat it. I don't know if I'm going to be able to, uh, but I'm going to try and beat this game uh, by middle of next week so I can jump onto Starfield and try and get a review out as early as possible because I feel like Starfield is probably going to ruin my life. <laughs> it's just. It's just the most massive game. They had a report out earlier this week that Phil Spencer's played 15 playthroughs and he's on 200, 200 hours of playtime. But you have to remember this. That this isn't 
200 hours and he's had like 15, so therefore it's only 30 hours long. He's been playing this since November of last year in the very first playable build. So he's been constantly changing every time they release a new build, which is once every couple of months, if not sooner than that. So he's been jumping in and out. So he's maybe had five hours on one, then he's played 20 hours on the next and 30 hours on the next one. This game is massive, all right? This game is huge. This is two, 300 hours long of gameplay. There is the main story. Everyone's saying, oh, about the main story. Uh, the game doesn't open up until the main story starts. Yes, because when the main story starts, that's when you have all the upgrades. That's when you can go find out when, like, the... Uh, the so all the side quests, there's approximately thousands of side quests out there. You've got obviously all the shipbuilding, you've got the smuggling rings. It's just, there's so much. You've got the DLC coming. There is nearly 200, nearly two to 300 hours of content in total. It's going to take you a long time. This is a game that's designed to be played for the next 10 years because they are covering and supporting this game for the next 10 years. Shattered Space will not just be the only DLC. They have got one every year for the next 10 years. As far as I'm aware, that's what from what I've heard from them, which is looking like a massive game. But we did hear uh, earlier this week, somebody leaked 40 minutes of gameplay footage on, uh, on, on YouTube originally. He posted it to his YouTube channel like an absolute dumbass. Uh, he then posted it on Instagram. And it started spreading everywhere. It was all over Twitter and Facebook for about two days. Uh, we did cover this. The link we posted has gone down now, so you can't view it on there. Uh, but the Starfield leaker was then arrested for fel felony theft of Starfield physical copies. Apparently worked at a warehouse uh, where he stole hundreds of copies of Starfield, including the collector's edition that he'd used to leak the info, uh, including the 42 minutes of gameplay. Uh, he obtained the game's $300 Constellation Edition, but he was arrested early this week, reported by Kotaku. 29-year-old Darren Harris uh, was booked by Shelby County Sheriff's Office on the 24th. Uh, he's facing one felony count for theft of up to $10,000 worth of stolen property, a misdemeanor charge of around $1,000 of stolen property, and a misdemeanor charge of marijuana possession, because when he was picked up, he had a baggie in his pocket, you absolute moron. Uh, he then tweeted a video review of Starfield, uh, showed the all the sold uh, collect sold copies of Starfield that he had in his car. Right, so he'd stolen Starfield copies from a warehouse, and then was driving around with the copies in his front seat. How dumb can you be? Honest to question. How must, dumb? He must have been high while he's sleeping. Oh, mate, he was stupid. He was post trying to sell them a Mercury, which is like a Japanese platform, like a shipping platform, like Amazon, but in Japan. Uh, but he tweeted a video review. He then showed, like, all the addresses for people he was sending the game to. Fucking <laughs> dumbass. He posted that on Twitter, and that went viral, which is where the police I, were able I to... Called that, I call that self-harming. Mate, it's dumb. You posted your face, you've given your address, you've shown where you're sending games to, you posted it on your own social media. Like, how dumb are you? He's now, he's now looking possibly at prison time. Uh, he's likely going to be facing uh, a significant felony charge because obviously $10,000 is not a small amount. He may be looking at a couple of years in prison for it uh, if he gets convicted. Uh, innocent until proven guilty, although 
Yeah, because it's there to say he's not so guilty because his face is on video. Uh, stupid, stupid people. Uh, but yeah, he posted 40 minutes. We get, he has now been arrested. Um, we have also had more Xbox news this week. Baldur's Gate 3 will be releasing on Xbox this year. Uh, they have, though, removed the Xbox Series S split screen uh, because of the lack of power of the S. Uh, this has obviously come from a lot of developers who have uh, been criticising the S for a long time because it is significantly weaker than the X. Uh, Sven Vink had confirmed that the Xbox Series X and S version will be releasing this year. Uh, despite previous reports, it was going to be delayed and until 2024. Uh, but he had confirmed that the uh, he had a meeting with Phil Spencer and uh, Phil Spencer had agreed to drop uh, their previous uh, parity policy which basically meant you had to release a game with equal features across both the X and the S. Uh, Xbox has now given way for Larian to drop that parity clause and remove the features for cross-play uh, co-op split-screen support on the S, uh, which is uh, I'm not unsurprising considering the S is a, is, is a significantly weaker console. What is the point of the S? Would you say, is there any reason for the S to exist? Um, cheaper option if you don't want to get a, a crazy powerful console. Mm, I mean, you you also got to look at the fact though that even though it is cheaper than the X, you could you are limited to what you can do because obviously there's no disc, so you have to buy everything digitally, which means you're going to be going through mostly the Xbox Store. Which is more expensive than retail. So then got a factor into it uh, that developers are saying that this, this game, this console is so weak, they are struggling to release games on it. There's been a numerous developers, and it's not just random, like solo developers or people like that, P or PKRN uh, studio on Twitter that's claiming that they had to release it on the PS5 because the Xbox is weak, which is just stupid. Um, but there's numerous developers, even Larian, who's a, a well-recognized studio, saying that they have problems with ES. Uh, is there any... My, my question, as far as a development standpoint goes, it may be cheaper, but is there anything they could do, or anything that Microsoft could do, I should say, that, that kind of quell the backlash is, is coming? Because the S is, is being criticized quite heavily for the fact that they're having to remove features just to get the game playable on it. Yeah, but I think that um, basically there's a lot of kids out there that can't afford the other consoles. Yeah, but so it's always, always comes down to price, though. Yeah, but well, I, think, I, I, I know a lot of people who bought it and they're quite happy. But on the flip side, it is holding the Xbox Series X back a lot, really bad, really bad, in a really bad way, man. So... I think, like, um, yeah, it was kind of a mistake. They should have gone the Sony route, where you've got the disc drive and you don't have the, the Blu-ray drive. Do you know what I'm saying? So I think that's where they messed up, man. Like, But they did sell quite a lot of units. Cause, you know, they, I know they a did. lot of people... And the S for, for, like, I think it was over a year, was out selling the X when it first launched. Because, not one, nobody could get a hold of the X anyway. But then the people were able to get a hold of the S which is where a lot of people still have it. The only issue is is that now the X is now out. People are seeing the disparity. I wish they had gone that route and just removed the disk drive. Because if they'd done that, there wouldn't be any complaints. 
But unfortunately, the S is not only weaker as far as resolution, frame rate, uh, it's also far weaker as far as development because it, they they can't get the game to run. The the hardware in the in the S is so poor as compared to the other two main consoles that it is impossible for developers in most cases to release a full version between the X and the S because the S is not built to run the same games. I think it really yeah. it really does need a new a new edition, a new version of the S for them to now start thinking about maybe upgrading the S or releasing a better motherboard or a better storage or whatever. I will say, and I saw this because I was looking at S prices because yeah. I don't have an Xbox for the new generation. And I was like, okay, uh, these new games, let's just see the pricing, which I don't think I'm going to get any Xbox right now. But um, the S is the exact same price as a like regular Nintendo Switch. And I didn't really get that because as far as I'm as far as like I can tell, the S is a lot better than the Switch. I mean, this is like moving a little bit, but this is more like pricing thing. I I don't really get that one. Why is that? Why is it same price as the Switch? Yeah. I think that was my way of trying to convince people to if you can afford the Switch, maybe consider getting the xbox series s as well it's their way of competing with nintendo because you've got a console attention essentially the s is more powerful than the switch but it doesn't have but they, the hardware they right. could they could do another console called the xbox e then you've got the three of them sex and you can say what sex are you oh my god dude really you like my lame joke yes that was very lame it was weak source anyway I saw someone do the exact same joke with, like, app icons when Twitter changed from uh, Twitter <laughs> to X. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. That was the way. I've got to find that meme. I'm going to post that on Facebook later on. Um, Phil Spencer did address this. He did say he doesn't see a world where the S has to miss out on some games. Uh, they are committed to releasing the same titles on both current-gen consoles. Unfortunately, they couldn't do that with Baldur's Gate 3, which is a... Uh, Looking like a heavy contender, I honestly believe that this year will come down to either Zelda, Baldur's Gate 3, or Starfield, possibly. I don't think Spider-Man 2 is even going to come close, uh, because as far as everything that I have seen for it, it looks like exactly the same game as the last one, just with a new story and some new characters. I don't really see, they haven't really announced anything as far as new mechanics, you can't play with a friend. There's no co-op, obviously. I, I definitely, uh, with the co-op, sorry. Um, I think that's probably a good idea, not to have the co-op. Because I think as fun as it would be, I think it might take away from the story in a little bit of a way. And I, I'm pretty sure Insomniac's focusing a lot more on story there. Yeah, I mean, we don't know too much about how the story is actually going to work out in this next game. It could be that they... But you have got different stories for different characters, and you have to pick the character, pick on Miles or Peter, and then Peter has his own mission, or Miles has his own mission. We don't know if that's actually a thing in this game. All we've seen of it is that they are together for most of the time. Venom is an enemy, Craven Hunt is an enemy, or uh, an antagonist, uh, and there hasn't really, they haven't really gone into depth about how those two characters will interact or how they, if they have separate storylines and they, they're kind of diverging to get or diverging and come back together 
there is there hasn't been any of that announced and they've only got like a month and a half left until launch so they really do need to step up their marketing for spider-man 2 but as far as from what i've seen it's kind of lacking in new features it feels like exactly the same game as last time and that is disappointing because i was looking forward to spider-man 2 um, i have currently got the original spider-man on the old ps4 i'm trying to get a ps5 eventually so i can play it um shout out to callum and adam hopefully they will do a review of spider-man one of them um but yeah i would like to find out but, more uh, about it and on I think ps5 yeah, it's great. We may look at a it's PC sick. release. It's amazing. I love what? it. What? Spider Man. It's wicked on my PS5. Wicked. Yeah, but then we talk about the new one, Spider Man 2. It's yeah, I'm looking, forward, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it does look story related, but you've got to look at the pedigree of the developer. And you yeah, know it's. Insomniac's a phenomenal developer. Spider Man, the original, yeah. was a guaranteed game of the year. It created some of the best. Web, sw- web swinging mechanics ever in a Spider-Man game. The world was phenomenal. The story was brilliant. Everything about the original Spider-Man was great. This, unfortunately, when you they bought out Miles Morales, which kind of was meant to be a standalone, even though it was technically DLC, that was great. But they're supposed now to take the next step and make the game bigger. They've released, uh, they're releasing a game with two characters that has no co-op. There's no new mechanics as far as what any they've said. Like, they haven't really talked about Spider-Man 2. They've shown some cinematic trailers and a little bit of gameplay, but that's it. They haven't mentioned anything about where the game is, like, what is what are the mechanics, what are some of the features, is there anything new with this game? How does the, how does the co-op work? How does the two characters, like, do they, do they have separate stories? Or is, what is, for example, Peter going off to face Venom and Miles is going to face Craven the Hunter? Do they face them at the same time? Is Venom, because there has been, obviously, some confusion in the past with the way Venom is being implemented into the story, because in the trailer we saw during the Sony State of Play, it looked like Peter was being controlled by Venom. So if Peter's controlled by Venom, how does he then lose Venom? How does Venom come... Like, they, they haven't explained anything, as far as I can well, tell. From everything I've looked gonna, at... Sorry. I don't think they're going to tell us I'm, how I'm, Peter I'm very, gets I'm very sure... I'm very sure it's going to be a top game because I thought Miles Morales was just DLC, yeah? And I thought, are they mad? And they're charging that price. But then it was what it was. It was sick. You know what I mean? Everybody loved that game, man. Yeah, it's, it's, so, it's a standalone. I've it's got a standalone the same faith in this one. I reckon it'll smash, it'll smash the charts, man. It's going to smash the charts. It, it will likely do well, but I'm talking about as far as having an impact. Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is most that's got new mechanics never been foreseen in a game before that's definitely yeah. contender Baldur's gate 3 the traffic that did and the amount of it's been called one of the best rpgs ever which is difficult to do especially since it's kind of brought back the old crpg mechanics that we haven't seen in a mainstream game in a long time obviously people are saying this is indie technically it's not really it's a double a game it's got 400 developers and they've had like up like 20, 20, 30 million dollar development costs. So they have, a, they've had significant backing. They've had a lot of team working on it, but they, that is a definite contender. It did the second highest steam numbers this year, just behind Hogwarts legacy. And I think it was only about 7,000 people less. Uh, it's sold nearly, it's done nearly 200 million hours. People have been playing it. That's 22,000 years that players have been playing that game for. 
it sold I think it's something like four million copies since launch. And that's just on Steam. It hasn't even released on consoles yet. Could you imagine what it's going to do when it releases on PlayStation and then Xbox this year? That's going to probably double, if not triple. So, Baldur's Gate, Tears of the Kingdom. You've got two guaranteed Game of the Year contenders there. Starfield, from what it's promised, if it lives up to the hype, and I'm not saying it's going to or it's going to be Game of the Year at all, all right? I know there's going to be so many ponies who are going to say, oh, yeah, Xbox, Xbox fan, fucking saying X, like Starfield's going to be Game of the Year and it's not even out yet. No, I'm saying if it lives up to the hype, then it guaranteed it will because there is so much been promised. The hype is real, even though people are saying it, it's been trending every day on Twitter since June, right? 80,000 tweets per day, every day since beginning of June, really. Uh, it's been going, like, every video, every majority of videos, it's like something like 200 videos uploaded to YouTube every single day for Starfield. The hype is real. Okay, this isn't going to sell money, make a huge amount of money, because it's going to be on Game Pass day one forever. They've already announced it's never leaving Game Pass, but it's also on PC via Steam, which you have to pay for. You've got the premium and the uh, the Constellation edition. Constellation's obviously $300, so it's going to make money, but it's not going to make as much money as what people are claiming it's going to be because it's going to be predominantly played on Game Pass. Yes, they've got the premium expansion. If you're on Game Pass and you don't want to buy the $70 version, you can buy it, download it on Game Pass, but get the premium edition to $33 or so, whatever it is. So you can play it early on the first. Um, and I will tell you in just a sec how you can play that game. If you are not in the US, if you're outside the US, you can play that game early on Game Pass. Uh, as long as you have the premium edition, you can download it earlier. However, uh, those are the top three right now. Now, Spider-Man in itself is a big IP, right? It's massive. It's one of the biggest IPs in the world. It's going to sell, okay? We know this already. It's going to do great. Unfortunately, from what they've shown so far, and they've, I think they've got about five, maybe six weeks left until the game releases. There isn't, hasn't been any... One month, calendar. two months. Two months, okay, yeah, so seven, seven, eight weeks. But we haven't heard anything about it since. Like, the last time we heard about it was the big Spider-Man reveal they did, I think it was about last month. They haven't released anything since. No news, no announcements. They haven't done any Q&As. They haven't done, you know, they haven't posted any new trailers. There's no developers doing, like, developer diaries. There's no news on the PlayStation blog. Nobody's covering it. I haven't seen IGN or VGC or Games Radar or Eurogame or anyone doing any coverage on it. Most people are now talking about Starfield. The reason it moved from September to October, Spider-Man 2, is because they didn't want to come back with Starfield because they knew that was going to sell well. They didn't want to be compared because likely they would lose. It's a massive IP. Bethesda's first one, first new IP in 25 years. They're going to struggle. But they haven't announced anything since. If you want to keep that hype up and make sure people actually want to go play this, you need to talk about it. They haven't said a thing, not since that last state of play. And I, obviously, I would agree with you, not, but they're not going to talk about the story too much of how Venom obviously becomes it as Peter. But they haven't really discussed anything. They've released some cinematic trailers and a tiny amount of gameplay. They've done some reveals like Craven the Hunter. They revealed him. They did a blocker film. Was it about 15, 20 minutes? Um, Spider-Man reveal during a state of play. Yeah, then they had the trailer that yeah. released like a month, 
two months later, so I don't even know how long. Yeah, but that that's kind of short, isn't it? Don't you think? Like, if that's yeah, it's like done for one of your biggest IPs of the year, that's not good. I mean, you had Final Fantasy 16 was absolute mid. All right, we did a review of that. You can go find that on the website. It's not a good game. Okay, it's really bare bones. The main whole point of it is the story, but you can just tell. Like Square Enix is copying Capcom's version of action slash hack and slash games. It's not Final Fantasy. Nobody who's ever played a Final Fantasy game will recognise Final Fantasy 16. All right, it's not. That's not a great game. It's an eight out of ten at push. Maybe a seven and a half. I would not call that a masterpiece or even a close nine. It's just terrible. There hasn't been anything else for PlayStation this year. Spider-Man really needs to slap. It needs to be a banger, but they're not covering it. They're not announcing anything. They're not saying anything. That's had me worried. And I don't think it's going to hit Game of the Year if they don't start. They need to get build the hype because the Game Awards are always about hype. The people they have on the panel, they're looking at the games that have made the most impact. They're looking at the games that have sold. It's not just numbers, how many games they've sold, how many people are playing it. It's how much of an influence it's had, how much of a change it's had, it's how much of an impact it's had on the industry that year. You look at the games that released last year, it was Elden Ring God of War, because they were the most hyped the games. It wasn't about how much they sold, it was how badly people wanted to play them, how much they were being covered, how many videos were made about them, how much love there was for them. Elder Ring undoubtedly won. I do think it was a very, very close race. I think God of War should really might have should have tipped it. But I do think that Elden Ring was a deserving winner. But you look at this year, the three big games this year, I mean you could say Hogwarts Legacy is kind of in there. I really wouldn't compare that. One is gonna get a lot of backlash. <clears throat> but this this the three games are Tears of the Kingdom, Baldur's Gate three and Currently, if it doesn't, if the game is mid, then yeah, it's not. But if it is an absolute banger, then Starfield, Spider-Man is, I don't think it's coming in first. I really don't. I think Baldur's Gate 3 will probably win it this year. Yeah, if, as much as yeah. I want to say that Spider-Man will be game of the year, because I'm a PlayStation fan and I love the Spider-Man games, uh, I think compared to games that I know have already like gotten really good uh reception like tears of the kingdom is one that i haven't played but i know how much people love it uh Baldur's gate 3 uh and then starfield is definitely just gonna completely throw everything out of the water at least on launch yeah um, i mean you don't there's not really anything left at the table for spider-man 2 to be honest, I think no, it's released it's... a bit too late in the year when you've had such massive games released before it. It's going to become kind of an afterthought. And you look back to last year, Elden Ring was the biggest game throughout the entirety of the year. Last year was pretty dry for content. Elden Ring released in February, and you didn't get God of War then until around, what, October, November time. So you had a huge, you only really had those two games last year. That's why they did so well. But then you look at what other games were releasing this year, and you've already had what, two massive releases, and you're going to have a third one dropping in the next week. Tears of Tears of Tears of the Kingdom is beautiful, man. I didn't think I, I was blown away actually. 
Yeah, I was. Uh, I'm actually blown away. I'm still playing it. It's a big game. Yeah, you know, I find it explore everywhere. Yeah, I just live in that world. Yeah, but having the three, the three worlds, you know, the sky world, the 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 land, the normal land, and um, the uh, underworld. Wow, that game is just mental, man. And then yeah. um, it's actually, it, it's, it has got a lot of love and it's, it's created mechanics that haven't been otherwise seen in the industry, like the building mechanics. The yeah, reason that I love that. Yeah, there, there isn't another game like that out there. That's funny, man. That, those that, two the, amount of, the amount of uh, funny failures you get in that game, man, it's just hilarious, man. Like, that game is just a barrel of laughs, man. You know, with your experimentation, do you know what I mean? In creating things and the physics and the environment. Oh, it's just brilliant, man. Brilliant, you know? Yeah. So, so like, I mean, that game alone deserves Game of the Year. When you try and then that, when did that come out? That was April, wasn't it? April, March. I think April. so. April, yeah. Yeah. Wait, no, wait, wasn't it May? Or am I crazy? Uh, actually, oh, mid-April. Yeah, no, it was April. Never mind. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, you got two massive games are out. Starfield's dropping in the next week. Spider-Man is coming. No, no, that's of May, man. Was it the first of May? Right. Twelfth. 12th of May, okay. I thought it released yeah, a lot. It came out in May. Yeah, but there was a lot of hype, isn't it? So, yeah. like, and there was a lot of people playing, they were playing pre-release, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah, there was so, a lot of people on it. Yeah, yeah, so, but, um, yeah, 12th of May, man. I made sure I got the limited version of that. And then, um, uh, I think Armored Core... Looking by what it is, it should go up there as a nomination at least. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, what I, do you I think? Do, I, do, I don't think Armored Core is going to win Game of the Year. I mean, it is yeah. obviously it's from software, but I don't think they're going to have like it, it, it isn't as big as the other three. It may get a nomination, it's definitely not winning it. Uh, it's it'd be very hard to see Armored Core Six beating. No, no, it won't, it won't. Work. Yeah, it most likely be nominated. It does. It might win a category, but um, oh, it might win a category. Yeah, for like, like for a, for an action adventure, I guarantee. You. Most best, likely, best met game. <laughs> yeah, they don't have big games as a category. Exactly. Best. <laughs> it, it no, they'll make it may win something like, I don't know, music or something like that, but I don't think it's winning Game of the Year. I do think that the top three, I mean, the biggest award is Game of the Year. Most likely it's going to be one of those three, Starfield, Zelda or Baldur's Gate 3. I think Baldur's Gate 3 may well smash it because it's currently only available on Steam. And when you look at the other games, I mean, you've got PS5's due out on the same day as Starfield releases elsewhere. I think that's a bit of a mistake um, because it's going to get... Callum's got a PC. Tell him to get a Baldur's Gate and shave his head. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's going to do very well on the same day, but then it's obviously releasing on Xbox. Yeah, but have you got a PC? I've got a PC, yeah. And Callum as well? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, on, but Xbox boss would love to find solutions uh, because obviously the 360 store is closing next year. Uh, Phil Spencer said the preservation is front and centre with all these decisions that are made. Although users will be still able to re-download their previous purchase 
uh, recently announced on the 29th of July 2024 it will no longer be possible to buy any games or DLC from the Xbox 360 marketplace that means 220 games will essentially disappear forever uh, from stores you won't they'll be gone essentially yeah but it'd be like um, 3DS and, and all the other games yeah, of history you'll have, you'll have uh, those arcade uh, you know those emulation arcades yeah like pandora and stuff like that yeah so um yeah that it's all going to go that way so yeah know, but they are, but they are releasing I, I i will address that just now uh those games emulation is looking less and less possible uh, because the novo drm has just launched on the switch uh, and Microsoft and Sony are both looking to bring it to the their consoles as well, so emulation may no longer be possible. Uh, here, here's my question. So I know that the series—I don't know which ones exactly—but I know that one of the series, at least the X, uh, has like full backwards compatibility with pretty much every single past Xbox game. Yeah. So is the store for the 360 just not going to be there? Like, how's that no. working? Do we know so that? basically, they're shutting the store down. If the games aren't already backwards compatible, then they will no longer be accessible. So we've had, for example, um, a quick quick note though. There, uh, backwards compatibility relies on the developer, not Microsoft. So you can't blame Microsoft for them games not being backwards compatible. It's down to the developer to sort that. However, if they aren't already backwards compatible by the 29th of July 2024, then they're gone. Uh, and there's currently no news. There's 220 games are not backwards compatible from the 360, which means they're no longer going to be able to be played anywhere. Okay. Uh, yeah, and, and Sony has done the same as well with the PS3, the Vita, and the PSP. Uh, they were looking to shut those down. I think they backtracked on the Vita and the PS3. Um, they did, I think they are still shutting down the PSP store. Uh, they made a partial U-turn uh, early last year uh, after they made the wrong decision to shut them down. Uh, the PS store, PSP store was planned to close in July 2021, uh, meaning only meaning around 35 digital-only PSP games are no longer by anywhere in any form. Uh, Nintendo has also faced criticism for the Wii U and the 3DS shops in March of this year. Uh, 1,000 digital-only games disappeared. Uh, you've also got, uh, they've just announced that they are adding DRM, de novo security, to the Switch uh, to block PC Switch emulation, which means that is no longer going to be possible. Uh, they are also looking to add that to the next Switch 2 as standard, and Microsoft and Sony are looking to do the same things. So emulation will eventually be dead. And all those games that previously released will no longer be playable, which just sucks. Quick few notes. Though, I still think that Nintendo deal. could. Uh, sorry. Uh, I still think that Nintendo could somewhat solve like emulation issues to, to like to a small extent, like not crazy, but like just release some of your games on con or not on consoles on PCs, like. Because as far as I'm aware, most of this emulation is on PCs because I don't think you yeah. can really do it anywhere else. So just why are you not, like, uh, at least putting your smaller games onto PCs? Not, not like crazy Mario games. That would be the only reason why someone would buy a Switch. But at least some of your smaller mainline titles. 
Yeah, one hundred percent agree. And I think there is there is money to be made there about saving those digital games and releasing them on your own store. Or if there's a third party out there, I'm giving away money ideas here for taking those digital games and releasing them for PC via a store in which the platform holders can profit. I think would be a very good idea. Uh, yes, it would eliminate emulation, but you've also then got to remember that those games would then be playable forever, and you would essentially own a copy. Um, they'll be stored on whatever your PC or whatever um, and those console holders would make money from it so preservation would essentially mean preservation is, is front and centre because Phil Spencer is claiming that he does want to preserve these games but at the same time Microsoft is looking to implement DVRM or the Nova Security which basically will stop emulation so that emulation preservation is non-existent there has to be a there has to be a way to to save these games, and I don't think Phil Spencer is being one hundred percent honest here. I do think he's kind of addressing fan back possible fan backlash from because obviously this story hasn't gone as widespread as it should have. But Microsoft removing all these games is going to cause some backlash with the people that want to keep playing them, uh, and he is going to get criticised for it as will Microsoft when they do announce properly that they are implementing de novo uh, they are looking to to limit emulation from cons from consoles microsoft obviously have their pc market um so they may be looking to get people to buy those games on pc down the road or they may release them on game pass or whatever but right now as far as the 360 store closing and all those games disappearing that is more down to the developers not backwards i mean a lot of those games some studios aren't even around anymore so I don't know who would do it, but Microsoft really needs to think about emulating those games themselves or finding a way to keep them alive. Uh, last few bits of note, though, regarding Microsoft. Todd Howard did address Elder Scrolls 6. He said he wanted to be the ultimate fantasy world simulator uh, and did wonder if it was announced too early. He did want to backtrack on it. Uh, he originally announced the E3 in 2018, five years ago. Uh, it was also announced Starfield at the same event. Uh, while Starfield will be releasing later this month, Elder Scrolls 6 is looking at a possible 2026-27 release that would be followed by Fallout 5 about five years later, uh, which isn't great. <laughs> if you're I'm going to be 50 by the time these games are out. Uh, he's asked if he regrets Elder Scrolls 6 being announced so long ago. Uh, Howard told GQ, I have asked myself that a lot. I don't know, I probably will announce it more casually. Uh, Elder Scrolls 6 was relatively early in planning stages. Uh, when they did announce it, uh, that was in June 2021. Uh, but I have said with the implementation of the Creation Engine 2, which is their new development engine they're currently using to build Starfield, uh, Elder Scrolls 6, and the mechanics they use in Starfield will be then transferred over to Elder Scrolls. That does not obviously include the uh, shipbuilding, obviously, um, but there is going to be different uh, different mechanics, different ways for you building uh, your own settlements and things of that nature. Uh, which I'm looking forward to because I did really love that when they implemented that. I think that was in was well, was in Oblivion. I think that was in Skyrim, uh, and then they released it in Fallout 4. Those same mechanics, but they're kind of taking the next step with the outpost building in Starfield. Uh, so they're looking to implement that into Elder Scrolls as well. Uh, they also said that they're looking to release Elder Scrolls 6 sooner than planned, uh, but explaining why the game is still years away. Uh, they are looking at a 26 release. Uh, possibly, if not soon enough, for Elder Scrolls 6, which I'm looking forward to. Uh, we also got new Stalker 2 maybe released, and they have slipped 
until 2024, uh, re releasing the first quarter of next year, uh, around February. This is obviously the fourth, I think, uh, delay for this game. Uh, people asking why. <coughs> War. Um, yeah, the, the studio is based in Ukraine. Uh, a number of the studio, as we spoke about, I think, in the last episode, uh, that the development team are currently in bunkers working. They're not out on the surface or in their offices. They're working from bomb shelters uh, with a number of this team work moving to Czech Republic in order to work uh, because of the fact that the uh, Russians are dropping bombs and destroying the entire country. Uh, the release date has been up in the air, obviously. They were expecting a release this year, uh, around November. That no longer will be the case, and they're looking at an early 2024 release. Uh, possibly February or March, uh, as far as I've heard. Um, but yeah, they're looking at possibly a, a 2024 release for Stalker 2. Uh, and that said, we're going to jump to the deals of the week. Roll the thing. It deals of the week. If you don't find what you want, then. Sorry, we can't help you out. Yeah, sorry, we can't help you out. Kicking us off this week, No Man's Sky on Steam via CD Keys is just £15.99. You can pick up Forspoken for PS5, which is click and collect only via Smith's Toy Superstore. That is £19.99. Uh, you can also find on the Nintendo Switch Sonic Origins Plus free shipping via Curry's. Uh, this week is £21.99. That is 12% off. Need for Speed Unbound on the Xbox Series X also via Curry's. Uh, it's down to £19.99 with free shipping. And Nintendo Switch Zelda Tears Pro controller and free collection right now is £54.99 via Very at £3.99 delivery charge. In Sound Mind on PS5 right now via PlayStation Store deals is just £2.99. That deal is expiring on the 30th of August. You can pick up a PlayStation 5 console right now with £9.99 back in reward points via the game collection for £3.9995. With free shipping, pretty damn good deal that is. Uh, the quarry on Xbox One is eight pound ninety-five uh, with Amazon deals. You can pick up State of Decay Two Juggernaut Edition, uh, free to play until Monday the twenty-eighth on Steam. Uh, that deal is expiring tomorrow, twenty-eighth of the eighth at six p.m. So you've only got until tomorrow to grab that. Alien Start Descent on Steam via CD Keys is nineteen pounds ninety-nine. Assassin's Creed Mirage pre-order right now with free shipping via Monster Shop deals is £36.49. You can get that on pre-order. Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor Game of the Year Edition on Steam is £2.79 via CD Keys. The Evil Within on Steam as well via CD Keys is just £1.29. Uh, Mortal Kombat the 30th Anniversary Ultimate Bundle on Xbox One and Series X and S is £16.59 via Amazon deals. Uh, you can also find a Lunar Wireless Controller with free shipping via Amazon for £41.99. And the Uncharted Legacy of Thieves collection right now on Steam is just £19.99 via CD Keys. Uh, Game Dev Tycoon right now on Steam deals is £1.39. Uh, no expiry date on that just yet. You can, you can pick up MetaQuest 2 VR uh, on a, for £128.00. Uh, with free £50 Smith's Toy gift card for £299.99 with free shipping. Uh, you can also find the uh, all-in-one VR headset using the code META50, that is META50, for £249.99. You get the 256GB for 300 using the code via John Lewis, META50. Mortal Phoenix Rising Gold Edition, that is the standard 
uh, is £5.85 this week via Shop 2. But the PC download is £9.65 for the Gold Edition. That is £9.65 for the Gold Edition. £5.85 for the Standard. Uh, is 9 Monstrum Nox. Uh, that is via NIS America, the uh, Nisa Europe deals. Uh, you can get that for £27.42 with £2.8p shipping using the code DOTW1. That is DOTW1. Uh, that deal is expiring today, so grab that quickly. Colt the Lamb right now on Nintendo Switch. Uh, last up is £14.61. That is 35% off via the Nintendo eShop. That deal is expiring tomorrow at 6pm UK time. Grab that quickly. And that is all for your deals of the week. It deals after week. If you don't find what you want, then sorry, we can't help you out. (laughs) Yeah, sorry, we can't help you out. (laughs) Welcome back. Uh, The Gilly Kit uh, was just announced yesterday. I know Callum would love to be here to discuss this because he would be all over this thing. Uh, But it essentially looks like an old Nez. Uh, but it's been announced the all-in-one dock will be used for the Steam Deck, Nintendo Switch, the ROG Ally, and more. Uh, the company known for making the Hall Effect joysticks for the Nintendo Switch uh, has announced some new products at Gamescom, uh, including the new docking station that works with the Nintendo Switch and handheld PCs. Uh, below, they did tweet uh, they have got support for the Steam Deck and the ROG Ally and the A and Neo consoles. Uh, the photos do reveal that the USB-C port is located. The rear of the docking station includes a number of ports, including an Ethernet, uh, one HDMI, three USB 3.0 ports, and an AC adapter. Uh, it hasn't released an official name for it yet. However, the images are very, very nice, and I do look at it. Um, they will be in the uh, key art for this podcast, if you want to know what it looks like. It's on the uh, front page. Um, we also got some news about Dragon Age Dreadwolf. has been delayed again. Uh, I really gutted because I've been looking forward to Dragon Age uh, for quite a while. Bioware has been quiet for so long. I think their last one was Mass Effect 3. And then they released a Legendary Edition. I don't think they've released anything since, have they? Or am I been wrong? No, uh, I don't think they have. I don't. <laughs> I can't I don't think they've it... actually released anything, to be honest. I don't think they have since Mass Effect 3. I know they did a pop like the collector's bundle for Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3, but... Oh, Andromeda. That was the other one. Oh, yeah, we've, I had to forget yeah, but they consist- that from my memory. <laughs> yeah, but they consistently messed up, man. So, like, what, what are they going to release, man? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, uh, so the whole genius behind Bioware is no longer there. It's the same. Yeah, as well. they're, they're, you know, they're pretty much belly flopping everything. So... Uh, multi-million dollar belly flops, you know, they're not uh, sustainable anymore, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, I mean, you got EA, and EA is ranked as one of the best publishers out there. I don't know why, because EA is terrible, but as far as what they've done in the past, but Bioware's always been seen as, like, EA's answer to, to all the other narrative studios out there. Any, like, Bandai's from Software or Rockstar Games, like, Bioware was always their main competitor and they haven't done anything for it. Uh, we did get an announcement they were releasing Dragon Age Dreadwolf, which would have been their first game since Andromeda, which was absolute trash. Um, but they are said now to be targeting the summer 2024 release because they're firing 50 developers. And if there's any of them over there that want to jump over and come work with us, 
for our game, I'd be very grateful. Um, but according to Giant Bomb reporter Jeff Grubb, uh, he said on Thursday on his podcast uh, that he had discussed the goings-on behind the scenes with EA6 uh, following the news that they are making a new round of layoffs. Uh, Gary McKay said the company were cutting approximately 50 roles as part of a shift towards becoming a more agile and focused studio. Uh, whatever that means. Uh, Grubb's studio claimed Dra- Dragon Age Dreadwolf was once being considered for release in this year, September. Uh, the game has been moved quietly, though, until summer of next year. Uh, it was moved to March 2024, a while ago, uh, but now they've silently moved it to August. Uh, Grubb said he's very likely the game's release to get pushed back even further, probably to late next year, if not 2025. Uh, Bioware's Mass Effect team have been drafted in to assist with the development instead of working on Mass Effect 4, which is what they'd already announced, and that hasn't gone anywhere since that very brief teaser. Uh, according to Grubb, uh, the latest layoffs at the studio and other job cuts are announced in June as part of Star Wars The Old Republic's transition to a new development studio. Uh, that means that we have to wait even longer for the next Mass Effect, if not even longer than possibly anticipated. Uh, I have uh, had words with some people, not naming names as usual, uh, keep my sources quiet, but uh, they have said that Mass Effect could be looking at possibly 2028 release uh, if Dragon Age does not come out well. They're looking at, they, ha- they haven't even really started development as far as getting it polished or finished. I think it's like midway, not even that. Um, according to Grub, other job cuts were announced in June. Uh, if you wonder how this impacts, uh, Dragon Age. He said, let this be clear, our dedication to the game has never wavered uh, after the job cuts were announced on Tuesday. He said, our commitment remains steadfast and we work to make this game worthy of the Dragon Age name. Uh, core veteran team led by Mike Gamble is continuing their pre-production work on the next Mass Effect. Our commitment to quality continues to be our North Star, which is obviously Mass Effect. Uh, that looking at a four-year development. Uh, but They've only been in pre-production now for two years. Pre-production, if you don't know what that is, that's essentially script writing and storyboard. And budgeting. And if that's as far as they've got in two years, with a team of that size, I'd be very, very concerned. Uh, That Mass Effect may take longer than you even want it to. Or even they possibly had it to. Because Bioware has always been a Casey Hudson studio. He's, he's kind of, he was like the Phil Spencer, as Phil Spencer is to Microsoft. He's the face of the company. Since he stepped down after Andromeda, they've kind of lost their path. I don't know who the producers are, but they really need to start pushing people into, I mean, if you're struggling to get this Dreadwolf out, because you're, obviously don't have enough developers, why would then you fire another 50? when you're having to bring in the studio other teams to work on the game. You've just announced 50 people are getting sacked. Like, balance it out. Get the game out first if you have to. You don't really want to be cutting your team when you're struggling with timing. Um, Ubisoft's cancelled Immortals. Phoenix Rise and the sequel has emerged. Uh, there was more information about what it was going to be. Uh, Axios has spoken to two sources uh, familiar with the game's development who have shed light on the project. Uh, according to Axios report, the sequel, which was codenamed Oxygen, was set to be set in a Polynesian archipelago covering New Zealand, Tahiti, Easter Island, and Hawaii. Hawaii is just off the coast of America, isn't it? Oh, I'm wrong. 
uh, my geography is terrible. Uh, protagonist would have been able to gain elemental powers from Polynesian gods and been able to shapeshift while gaining new tattoos based on the choices made throughout the game's story. That is phenomenal. I would have really liked to have played that, to be honest. Uh, rather than filling the open world with quest markers, uh, they were going to remove these markers and make the player figure out themselves where to go by tracking animals. My God, that would have been a pain. And studying the position of stars or following the wind. Uh, one source told Axios Elden Ring was a key inspiration because it dropped players into a hostile world without obvious advice on where to go. Uh, the original Immortals, which was developed by Assassin's Creed Studio Quebec, received generally favourable reviews. Uh, they are looking to save the Greek gods in the original game. Uh, the game's DLC explored Chinese mythology. Uh, Ubisoft, this isn't the only game they've cancelled, not including the Immortal sequel. Uh, they cancelled three other games as well. Uh, without notice, they haven't announced what those games are, though. Ubisoft just seems to cancel everything, which sucks. Your thoughts on that, though, guys? I don't really play a ton of Ubisoft games, I'm not going to lie. Have you never played Assassin's Creed or Watch Dogs? Or... I mean, I've, I've played Assassin's Creed, like, not a lot of it, but I played one of the games, and I'm about to start another one pretty soon here. Um, but yeah, no, I don't I play found... crap. I don't play a crap ton of Ubisoft, so I don't follow that. I found um, I found the uh, Assassin's Creed two games to be the same. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Open world, simple, uh, repetitive, and uh, tiresome. So. It's buying the same template over and over again. So, um, yeah. where they, 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 the original games though were about stealth, and then they moved that into an open world, basically action RPG. Uh, the new game they've got coming out, Mirage, is actually a revisit to the original trilogy, which was more about yeah, stealth. Yeah, I, I, I saw, I saw that. I mean, I'm, I'm in favour of it. It does um, spike my interest. Um, and I think that going back to the roots is a good idea. Um, I think they went too far off course and they played it out too much. And uh, even when it comes to Assassin's um, was it Origins? Which one was it? And it came out and start, the developer was saying how he innovated this and innovated that when it was just ripped yeah. off from Zelda. It's stolen from Zelda. <laughs> I mean, just say Zelda inspired you. Well, you got to take credit for it, you know what I mean, yeah? And, like, yeah. like take yourself credit, yeah, when he clearly ripped off Zelda, which I'm not complaining about, but just said you got inspired by Zelda, you know what I mean? And then they use the same template, and it's very clear that they've been heavily inspired by Zelda. And um, even with when it went up to that other game, uh, uh, Immortals uh, Phoenix Rising, yeah? So even that, yeah, and then um, yeah, they've kind of it's just boring, man. So, but I like um, it's a shame about the uh, Mario Plus Rabbids. I think that franchise is gonna sink. And I did like the um, what was that game? The the, the space one star what? Uh oh um oh man, you caught your car. I clocked it. Oh, I should be ashamed of myself. You know the one anyway, yeah? Yeah, I know. But, um, yeah, I clocked it. Uh, I like the way that... That was an indie game. But they tried to charge full price. Um, like it's some AAA title when basically it was an indie game. 
Um, but yeah, got the hell out of that. I loved um, uh, their other game, the Mario Plus Rabbids. I'll be very sad if they don't continue that. It's very likely they won't. Um, and uh, but I am interested in the new Assassin's Creed, and I was tempted to pre-order it. So let's see, because it is a step in a new direction. But they need to stop cloning templates and start innovating. Do you know what I mean? That's what they need to do. Yeah. I don't like this crap where you just take a template, put a story in, have a bit of action, a fetch quest, story, action, fetch quest, story, action, fetch quest, story. You know, it's just stupid, man. Like, make something original, innovate. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I've played every Assassin's Creed up until Odyssey, and then I got fed up. Um, yeah. I played Valhalla. Love Valhalla. Completed Valhalla. That game's you did. too long. Yeah, it's just too long. Way too long. 168 hours I played that game for. Uh, I don't think I, I, I think the pro- too much. The problem is the games industry, um, they need to start going back to 25-hour or 15-hour games, yeah, and charging less money, yeah, because, you know, we work, man. People work. Even kids go to school, yeah? What kind of planet are they on? Do we think, you know, they're going on like we're wired up like the Matrix to our games consoles. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And some yeah, people are, yeah. But, like, I, wish I, yeah? I mean, I this, really... this is the reason, this is the reason why we st- I struggle to get reviews out on time is because the majority of my day is news and features and website updating and, and doing other stuff because we have got other stuff going on. And then I've got to sit there and play the game and to completion. When it's when it's two hundred hours long, right, I'm really ridiculous. gonna struggle. There's no way that's possible for me. It's ridiculous because, like, what what world did they think we live in, bro? Yeah, I mean, I mean like, even sixty, seventy hours long when that first when that first started being common. I just thought that was too much. It just gets that was like, yeah. That was like one hundred and sixty, one hundred and seventy hours. I like I like twelve. 15 and lower the cost, yeah. I like that, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I think the max should be long for is about 30 hours long, and that is at the high end. That's too long as well, man. 20 hours is all right. 30 hours all content, I think, is just the max, all right. You could no, back no, it out in a weekend. You can release a game about 15 20 hours, then release DLC, yeah, and put the rest in there. I, 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 no, I'm talking about the big games like the open world games. 30 hours long, you can bang yeah, that out in three days, right? 10 hours a day, you can get that game done yeah. if you want yeah, to. But that also well, gives you a chance to explore the whole map and see everything. Wasn't Hogwarts Legacy like a 30-hour game just for its uh, campaign if you didn't go on like this all these side quests and yeah. stuff? Yeah, I beat that I game. Well, that I, game game too long. That game. I didn't. It's... I like Hogwarts Legacy. I didn't like its uh, leveling system because that drove me a little bit crazy. That to complete the game, I had to be almost max level or something like that. Mm. And by the time I finished the game, I was like, I still have twelve more levels to go. <laughs> I still haven't. I still have not, never actually finished Hogwarts Legacy. I finished the main story, and then I got to the stupid uh like. <laughs> great hall thing and they told me that i had to be level 30 or 29 or something and i was like no i'm good yeah i I did that as well i got to level 30 um there's only one thing i haven't done in that game just to 100 percent complete it and there's 
one item out there, which is like those little glowing ball things that you have to find. There's only one out there I cannot find. And I can't even be bothered to go back and do it again to well, try and find it. Are there not guides, or are they, like, specific? So I mean, there are guides online, but I just can't be bothered. It's just so... It is a ridiculously large game. Like, flying across the map will take you ten minutes. Yeah, I definitely think that, w at least with open-world games, that they're just getting too long, because you already have the story, which is going to be long enough in an open-world game, uh, but then you have all the side quests that they want to put in, and all this other stuff that just will add on to your playtime, even if you're only trying to complete the main story, because there's just so much stuff to do. But I don't really think that shortening the game would have them lower the prices. I don't... Because I mean, they my should thought do, process... There's less of the content there. If you're charging $70 well, for a game that's five hours long, well, I think we should well, take should, it a bit. <laughs> <laughs> they should, but it's more of a question of, will they? No, probably not. Uh, last few bits, though, before we jump into a break. Uh, Phasmophobia has been delayed on console uh, because the developer had a fire in the building. Uh, the console will now release on the run-up to Halloween. Uh, Kinetic Games have announced it's delaying the console launch of their upcoming horror title. Uh, they said, first and foremost, we'd like to thank you for your support. Uh, due to a recent fire incident in our office building, and unpredicted development issues. Our ability to test and develop has been significantly impacted. Uh, following its early access in October 2020 on PC, uh, Kinetic Games in June revealed that Xbox, PS5 and PSVR 2 versions are also on the way. However, they are now having to delay the game uh, due to recent unfortunate developments that pushed them, forced them to push it back by a number of weeks. They said after careful decision, to delay the console release initially set for August, uh, we're now aiming for a special launch during the week leading up to Halloween this year in October. Uh, they recently announced the Ascension update for the PC version. The console version will now also, uh, if it doesn't come out by the time the DLC comes out, uh, if it is, isn't out yet, then the uh, console version will also include the DLC at launch, which is great, because I like having things all at once. Uh, last but not least, though, before we jump to break, a GTA 6 leaker hacked Rockstar with an Amazon Fire Stick from his hotel room. <laughs> Rockstar really needs to invest in some better computers. Jesus Christ. This he is the same thing with the uh, the person that went up, like, when we talked about this uh, at the start of this, the, the person that keeps on going on stage and just... Yeah, you know, and, like, <laughs> How did this happen? I don't know. I mean, an Amazon Fire Stick, if you've got one, then you know exactly what I mean when I say it is brilliant, right? Because you can literally, like, there's apps that are hidden on the Fire Stick service that you're able to download via download and coding. They've implemented coding onto an Amazon Fire Stick, right? There's an app for it that they sell, and they freely advertise it, right? Where you can put in some code, and it will give you a list of apps that you can watch anything, and I do mean anything, all right? That's available on there. Now, the Amazon Fire Stick in itself, I would not think is possible of hacking Rockstar Games servers, all right? Because that just doesn't seem possible for me, <laughs> because it doesn't require a subscription. It's like a dongle, essentially, but you don't have to pay for a subscription. If your room's got Wi-Fi, you just connect the Wi-Fi to it. It's essentially a Wi-Fi dongle. 
but he managed to do this from his hotel room on the TV in the hotel room. He plugged it in the TV and was able to hack Rockstar Games servers from it. From a hotel room. Jesus Christ, Rockstar. Uh, no, not, not only from a hotel room, from a hotel room with a fire stick. Yes. Like, that is genius levels of hacking. That's like espionage levels. Like, this this guy's name is 18. He's 18 years old as well. He's 18 years old. He's just a child. Arian Kurtage was caught red-handed in City of London Police. Searched his travel lodge. He was in a travel lodge hotel room. He was being held on bail for his March 2022 arrest for hacking, hacking chip manufacturing NVIDIA in the south-central England town of Bychester. No. Uh, their law enforcement found the digital media player connected to the hotel room's TV, which allowed Kirstars to infiltrate cloud computing services with a smartphone. Now, <laughs> if your services, your servers are so weak that somebody's able to hack your servers with a smart dongle with an Amazon Fire Stick and a mobile phone. You're so, there's something wrong. <laughs> Nvidia as well, you would have thought it would have had better considering they're in the business of selling hardware. But set, um, set up makes like letting best the likes of global neobank Revolut Rideshare service Uber, tech giant Microsoft, and game publisher Rockstar. Microsoft, what the... <laughs> they pretty much invented modern computing. This is ridiculous. Kurtage hack against Rockstar was described as the most audacious, not just because of his flagrant behaviour, but because he executed it while on bail for hacking-related crimes. He'd just been released from prison and automatically went straight back to his hotel room and hack Rockstar Games. Oh my god. This guy deserves a medal. Because that is just. Like a shithousery award right there. Uh, he told at this point, he's that, not an employee. Point, but an attacker. <laughs> at this point Rockstar just needs to hire this guy. <laughs> Somebody needs to hire him. Because he's 18 years old. And he's, he's hacking into large tech companies. Servers and private accounts. With a smartphone. Amazon Fire Stick. Like, it's just the most audacious big balls move you could make. He was out on bail. He then bro- he hacked into Rockstar's company's Slack account and told his staff that he's not an employee, he's an attacker. They didn't even remove him. <laughs> it's just... Uh, yeah, it's the same guy that, really, that downloaded all the GTA 6 data. Uh, we now know how he did it. With an Amazon Fire Stick and an and an iPhone, <laughs> like Jesus. Some people, mate. I I swear to God, I would love to be able to to have the internet. He might have used the Raspberry Pi. What was that? He might have used Raspberry Pi. The other dude. <laughs> Just the the level of ingenuity to do stuff like that is insane. But anyway, we're gonna jump into a break. When we come back, we're gonna do some movie news. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll be back with very, very soon. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> They're I, I was about to stay home tonight. Yeah, yeah. But my friend wouldn't take no. Grab my 
me an Uber. Uh, yeah, we never made it to the room, yeah. Cause we did it in the pool, yeah. You could call it destiny. Cause I found the best of me. games for me at least that were releasing in October like yeah, Alan Wake 2 and Spider-Man like, they, like Alan Wake 2 and Spider-Man 2 like a couple weeks before that and I'm just like guys this <laughs> this late year release schedule is getting too over it's getting too out of hand all these games are too expensive because then Modern Warfare 3 is like 70 bucks on launch, and then Alan Wake's gonna be 60 on consoles, then Spider-Man 70. I'm like, I want to play all these games, Jesus. but they're all too pricey. Yeah, I'm gonna try and get a review copy for Alan Wake. I think I don't think I'm gonna try and buy it myself. Alan, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised that I even want to play Alan Wake because it's one of it's one it was one of the worst games I think I've ever played. In the original, um, yeah, but if if they if it's... yeah the original was. One of the, like again, one of the worst games I ever played. But the second one just looks phenomenal. Mm. Like it looks they, like they, they actually put time into it. it massively. Yeah, and at least they're not, uh, or at least right now they're not telling us that they're going to remaster it. And by remaster, I mean port it to the next console and then call it a remaster. I mean, you got which Alone was... in the Dark too as well, which is the next one out. Oh, I forgot about that one. Well, but I saw that one games. on. Uh, some video yesterday and I was like oh god I gotta get that too <laughs> there's too <laughs> many October that releases and they're like all horror games yeah, you got the, those you got Phasmophobia drop in and you got there's a couple I of tried like, to play Phasmophobia but I couldn't get it to work because you have to have the mic thing connected but I didn't understand what it was and then even then my PC just couldn't run it so yeah, there, um, there is there is a lot of indie games as well that drop horror like the horror amongst indie developers is well. There's that like uh, what is it? The Pinocchio one, but instead of uh, Pinocchio Lies having a long nose, he has an arm. Yeah, we're, we um, are that, reviewing that. We are going to be reviewing that one. Looks interesting. 
And then also in December, there's the new Avatar game. And I'm just like, guys, you, you got to stop releasing so much crap. There's too many good games that are coming out. And <laughs> I'm a little bit worried about the Avatar one because it just looks like some live service nonsense. Like no, they, they haven't games. announced anything on that since. Like, if it's a single-player story, I'm 100% on that. But if it's live with battle passes and stuff, nah. I didn't get why it was a first-person game. I'm like, I don't want to experience the world of Avatar in first-person. I want to be able to see everything going on at once in a third-person, like, point of view. I don't mm. get that at all. Well, I'm hoping that they refer it and do a choice between the two. Like, a different view system, because I do not want to be yeah. playing. I can't play first-person games anyway, because uh, I get really bad emotion sick. But the the fact that... Like, they haven't announced anything. Like, I am trying to find out more about Avatar. I have reached out to Ubisoft several times, but they haven't responded regarding it. And I'm thinking it might be because they're just not ready. But if it isn't and they just don't want to announce anything, <laughs> and it is the, the concerns are there and they are accurate, then, yeah, I'm going to be slightly concerned. Because Avatar, this is the first Avatar game ever in, like, the game. When did that movie originally come out? I think it was, like, ten years ago now. Well, I know that there's an Avatar game for the PS3 and maybe 360. Yeah, I, I really that, wouldn't but... say that's really worth calling itself Avatar. The game is terrible. I kind of, I kind of want to get that game just for the jokes. Just be like, yeah, no, I played the Avatar game. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm gonna try and get a review copy, but if it's live service, then uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna hold back because I, I can't stand live service games. They are so I... outplayed, overplayed now. Wait, Ubisoft is making it? Ubisoft, yeah. The new the new oh, well, that's Pandora that's is a scary. Ubisoft title. Didn't Ubisoft make the Marvel's Avengers game? No, no that was like... Square Enix. Crystal Square Dynamics. Enix? Yeah. Oh. Crystal Dynamics, before they got bought by Embracer. They made that Marvel Avengers okay. game. And that game was trash. I did review that, and it was trash. I only played the story... And I was like, no, the story's okay. Just none of the characters are enjoyable at all. They're all just like... I mean, the, the opening mission was no great. Emotion. The first hour or so was brilliant. Yeah, and then, and then the, the combat is just the same. What was that? I think um, the one, another issue with Marvel's Avengers is that the combat was just so boring. It was all the exact same. It was just, you punch things, and then you're done. Yeah. That, that was that was just it, and there and the combat was so repetitive as well. Like you had, yeah, like what it, it was the same three moves over and over again, and then you had a set of four abilities, but then it was timed, so you couldn't use those. If you used all those four abilities for like, you wouldn't be able to do anything for five minutes apart from hit the same button over and over again. Like it was just so repetitive, and like the first hour was brilliant. The story they were telling and the way the mechanics and. Like seeing her running across the roofs and stuff and avoiding people. Yeah. Thought, yeah, this is looking like a phenomenal game. And then, soon as you get on the ship and you start seeing, okay, there's live service mechanics here. There's you, you're exploring a ship. You got to find stuff on the ship and you got you can't unlock anything because you have to pay for it and all that. Like then started seeing like the cosmetic store and it's like, oh god, no, 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 no. And it's well, like, I didn't know I that they I didn't know if they had sponsored skins, and I saw, like, T-Mobile Captain America, yeah. and all I was thinking was, <laughs> oh, God, no. I was expecting to see AMC The Walking Dead. It's fine. 
fat bulb. I was like, what? Spider-Man, I, I remember people making fun of it and being like, Fortnite's web-slinging Spider-Man is better than Marvel's Avengers Spider-Man. I'm like, that's like, a they, problem. They should have just copied the same one that Insomniac made. Like, well, use they, the same I, also, I didn't know this, but the Spider-Man has, like, and this is more focusing on the, it, like, critiques of just Spider-Man as the character model. But, like, it's got little, like, goggles inside the eye, inside, like, the little visor things. It's got, like, eye parts in there. And it was just so creepy when I saw that. That must be the most uncomfortable, uncomfortable goggles ever. (laughs) It's in, like, every single suit. It's just, like, an eye. It's just the normal Spider Man eye, and then, like, a round bulb inside of it. It's so creepy. Yeah. You, you never see, you, you see him when he takes his mask off, but he doesn't have that. He puts his mask. It's like, why? Why have you got that? <laughs> what? What was the idea when we creating that character that he, he just somehow for some reason decided to put swimming goggles underneath a helmet, underneath a mask on? Like, the, why? <laughs> why would you? I, I, I was really expecting though to see more sponsored stuff from it because I, I was half expecting to see sponsored by Coca Cola or this is from Geico. Like Geico car insurance. <laughs> I would have bought that. Like what? Because it's funny. Yeah. Like, oh, look, oh, guys, Captain America is gonna save the day. Also brought to you by Geico. Save sixteen percent or more on car insurance. <laughs> Mid advertising for Captain America. <laughs> no, like after every single mission, it's that scene from uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming, but instead, Captain America is just wearing a sponsored T-shirt every single time. <laughs> I didn't like that because I thought that was terrible. It wasn't a great game. I mean, they they had so much possibility. It's like my first, was it? It was the first Marvel Avengers game as well, apart from a couple of mobile third party versions. But as far as console, they had so much opportunity. The trailers, the gameplay yeah. they did, like that was just it looks incredible. When they started in the first, I think it wasn't even the first hour. It was the first couple of hours. When you were jumping across the bridge, and then you went to her, like, this, that was uh, Camilla Khan, where she was running across the roof and stuff. I thought, this is incredible. This is exactly what I wanted. And then it slowly introduces live service battle passes, like, play with friends and stuff. I was like, oh, no. No, no, yeah, no. no I, when, they, when they showed me, like, the skin section of the game, the whole time I was just thinking, I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to be able to have all these amazing skins. And then all I got was like one of them because yeah. they're all like service. And yeah, and you have like to pay for that are free. Yeah, you have, you have to keep playing the game for twelve hours just to get enough money to unlock the most basic. It's just yeah. a rip off. I've never, I haven't touched that game since. I think the most enjoyable game that came out, Chris Dynamics, wasn't even Chris Dynamics. That Square Enix when they started doing Marvel. Was probably Guardians of the Galaxy. That for me, oh, I love uh, Guardians. Last year, that game was amazing. One of the greatest. This it was so I, fun. I, I didn't like how uh, because I wanted to do a new playthrough and try to one hundred percent it. Try maybe try and get the platinum. I was a little bit uh, split on that part. I didn't like though how the suits that you collect through the main game. And I didn't activate a new game plus. I just did a regular new game. They keep the suits throughout the whole thing. And I'm like, well, that's not fun. I don't get to go back and collect all those now. And then they gave me a ton of suits for just playing the game once. Yeah, they give you thinking, extra. Like, that's, yeah, like they gave me so many 
uh, new things after I beat the game, and I'm like, what? I wanted to collect those myself, though. Yeah. That was my only I, real I, I did play two. I did play the game two or three times, Guardians of the Galaxy, just for the humour, because I was still giggling at the jokes. Like this, it's just is. It feels like a Marvel film. That game, like written by yeah. Zack Snyder, it's just so well done. And then you just compare that to Marvel Avengers, and it's night and day. Yeah, absolutely terrible. I'm hoping that Chris Dynamics, whatever they're doing now, never ever implement those game cha- those game features ever again. Just throw them in the bin. Life's I definitely a- understand why live service exists. Like, but. I just think that Marvel's Avengers was not the game to put that in. Like, it's just I, not I, the right I, I game. Get, I get why it would exist as far as if the game's free to play. I get why it would yeah. exist if you're an indie studio and you need to make money to keep making the game and get a final product out and you're going to get, like, World of Warcraft really kind of kick that off. But I, I understand why it exists. But in today's day and age when there are so many live service games out there and there's, there's one every couple of weeks... At this rate, the only well, reason also wasn't the off. game like sixty dollars at lunch. Yeah, sixty, and then you had to pay extra to get extra cosmetics, or you could play it for the next three months to unlock one. Like it's just it's like live service games right now, especially when they're coming from AAA publishers, are just a money hut. They just want to make as much money as possible, and it's it's it feels like a grift and a and like a scam in technically, but. When it comes from indie developers, I understand it because the indie developers, when they create a live service game, it's often very good. Like the Kart Rider Drift. That racing game is phenomenal. It's like Mario Kart, but for consoles. It's not on Switch, so if you don't if you want to play Mario Kart, obviously you can't and you don't have the Switch, go to Kart Rider Drift. It's brilliant. It's a live service game, but the, the, it isn't so much of a grind. It's very easy to unlock new stuff. You just gotta play it, essentially. But then you look at the games like Square Enix made and like Ubisoft have made and other companies have made, the big publishers, and they're always just, they're a rip-off. They're just, they're, they are there designed to try and get squeeze every last penny out of you. And I hate it because it, it's, it's become a point where there is a lack of content and everything is locked behind a paywall, even though you've already paid for it. It's just, it's a waste of time. And I, if Ubisoft is, if it is accurate and the people's concerns are legit, but that the Avatar game is a live service title, that game is going to get slammed. Ubisoft need to make money on this because they are really struggling with their development. They've got, they nearly had 30 games last year in development, active development, not planned, active development. They have people working on them. If they come out and they release a live service game after so long of releasing the last one, which I think was Valhalla, and this is the first game out since, and they release a live service game first person for Avatar, they'll never ever get another license like that ever again. Because that is a massive IP. It needs to be done justice. There needs to be single player. And please just don't release it as first person. I hate first person titles. Far Cry 6... I think was more ruined by the fact it was first person. If they start implementing third person because there is a call for third person games with these Ubisoft titles, people want third person Ubisoft titles. It is a popular thing with people saying, I don't like first person. I want first, I want third person game from Ubisoft. People demand Ubisoft to make it and they just blank them. They don't do it. 
Far Cry 6 would have been a hell of a game if you'd have released the option to incre- to have third-person view. Because you could see everything. But, like, the, the map, was, it just felt claustrophobic. That sort of game, playing in first-person, I hated it. Gameplay was also very repetitive as well, but that, that wasn't... I mean, it, it just it just alleviates some of those concerns and implement a third-person view. And please don't make Avatar in live service. I want yeah, to see I, an adventure, please. The only thing I remember, like, till the last dying breath of Avengers, uh, there was this podcast that I listened to where all they talked about was Marvel's Avengers. Like, every single week they talk about the new missions that are out that were the exact same as last week's. And, uh, that just like, sounds all the new like skins. a terrible podcast, to be honest. <laughs> well, no, it was a good, like, they were good at what they did, but I just, you could tell, like, later we, like, really late on in the game's life cycle, they were just like, oh my god, can we stop with this, please? Like, give us some new DLC. And they did do a lot of DLC, and I think that that was something that had players interested for a day and then they completed the dlc and were like okay i'm good <laughs> that was, <laughs> that was that a again. real issue uh for i think a lot of players that didn't pay attention to the live service was that even the dlc was just like a day's worth of content and then it was just back to the same old crap of just missions that are the exact same yeah it wasn't a very good uh it wasn't a very good title they do need to start working on some other stuff um, I would like to see them try and do something else uh, as far as the way they create their games because they, they've just kind of fallen into a rut, personally, Ubisoft. And Marvel Avengers yeah. is not a good game to be based in a podcast on because that game has been dead for God knows how long has that been since that game came out. Nearly, what, a year and a half now? I think they stopped, like, maybe early last year. Hmm. Because I think I remember it like mainly stopping when uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy game came out, and then it was like a little bit more, and then they just kind of switched to general Marvel stuff. Marvel and DC, actually, but yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I feel bad for those guys. I was like, oh god, you guys must just be having the worst weekends. Recording well, but, but Crave, uh, Crystal Dynamics doesn't really technically exist anymore. As well, they're not really around, so this isn't going to be any new DLC because they got bought out by Embracer, and that studio has kind of been like split up and moved into other stuff. They're not really a, an actual studio anymore, so they're never going to get any new DLC for it anyway. The game's no longer being supported. It's just, yeah, it's yeah just, no. anyway, we need to move on with the news this week. Um, couple of last bits of news this week Doom 2. Uh, has been delayed until 2024 due to the riot strikes. Um, the film was originally slated for November, according to Entertainment Weekly. Uh, Denis Villeneuve's Part 2 has been removed from Warner Brothers' 2023 release schedule and will now release on the 15th of March of next year. Uh, it was originally supposed to release on the 3rd of November and stars the original cast of Timothy Chalamet in Day Out, Josh Brolin and others. Uh, but it's also added uh, Crystal Walken, Austin Butler, and Florence Pugh to the cast for the sequel. Uh, the reason given for the delay is the SAG AFRA strikes that are dictating that members cannot promote or work on any projects affiliated with major studios or streaming services. And writers were also required to stand down from film production, which caused several delays to several other projects, including the upcoming Blade movie. Uh, other Warner Brothers projects currently facing delays include Zendaya's tennis drama Challengers. 
uh, which has been delayed until 26th of April next year. Craven the Hunter has been delayed until the 6th of October, uh, which w- was the original release. It will now debut on the 30th of August. And the next Ghostbusters film has now been delayed until 29th of March. Uh, you've also got delays to Gladiator 2, Beetlejuice 2, Deadpool 3 and others. Uh, this is going to be ending for quite some time, this, this strikes. I'm thinking probably, if it if things don't pick up soon, you're probably looking at next year when we turn to normal, which is going to suck for a lot of movies because they're not going to get made. Uh, Neil Blomkamp has also said the same uh, regarding the District 9 sequel that we've been anxiously waiting for. Uh, apparently he spoke to THR while promoting a new video game adaptation for Gran Turismo. He was asked if District 9 sequel District 10 is still tied to Sony Pictures, uh, which distributed District 9. Uh, Blomkamp confirmed District 10 would be tied to Sony if it actually ever happens. He doesn't know if it's getting made or not. I don't know if I ever get to make that right now. At some point down the line, it'll probably get made. Um, interviewer suggested the reception to Gran Turismo might help District 10's chances, although that mo- movie did have some mixed reviews because, obviously, as we spoke about in the last episode, uh, there was a scene in there that kind of made light of someone dying. Uh, even though Blomkamp caveated that Bliss District 10 will probably get made, uh, the update is still a fairly disappointing one. Uh, he previously confirmed the sequel was in development in 2021, uh, that he'd re-teamed with the two original writers, Charlto Copley and Terry, Tha- Terry Tatchell, uh, to write the screenplay. Uh, but Blomkamp did say the script continues to be written. The sequel will be based on the topic in American history, but we've gotten few updates since then. Uh, especially as we're in the midst of a strike. Uh, the original District 9 uh, was a massive success at the box office, grossing $210 million worldwide on a reported budget of just 30, uh, which for at the time was massive. It's also critically acclaimed, won numerous Oscars, not mentions, uh, recognised nominations for Best Picture, Best Screenplay, Best Visual Effects and Best Film Editing. Uh, it's a sign, well, numerous uh, outlets called it a scientific, science fiction masterpiece. Uh, that you were seeing. Uh, unfortunately, it may be looking like the movie's not coming after all, which I'm really gutted about because I love District 9. Have you guys seen District 9 at all? Is it, what, what do you think of the movie? I loved it. I bought it. It's wicked, man. It's like a really good movie. Like, um, yeah, it's revolutionary. You know, the way the aliens and the story and that I didn't see coming, like you, you get infected and you basically become one of them. That's how they reproduce. I thought that was brilliant storytelling. Did you did you get hungry for prawns after? No, yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty gross. Some of the scenes as well, like there was a scene <laughs> yeah, well, like, with their bodies, like uh, yeah, there's, there's yeah, a couple. It calls them prawns. <laughs> it's a South African accent. So funny. Yeah, it, 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 them... is, it is a proper gross. Like there are some scenes in there that are a bit. Bleh. But, yeah, it is a really good film. Like, the acting cast. Well, I um, Chappie as well, you know? That's yeah, they're, they're, they're similar universe, apparently. Yeah, well, both of those films are epic, man. You know, I thought, isn't Elysium part of that as well? No, but it was based, it had a similar... No, uh, but wasn't part. it by the same, the same team? I think so, but they were set in different universes. They weren't. Yeah, they were, but I mean, it was, it was by the same team, innit? I didn't mean yeah. the same minute, but part of that, I, I think. think yeah. yeah, my bad. But I meant oh, as in by the same team, yeah. 
If they ever comes, that is. We don't, by the looks of it, we not, might not be getting it. Oh, that's a shame, man. He's such a good actor as well. He's brilliant. He has what, a, yeah, the, Oscar, he, the South, Af- South African actor. Yeah, he's never... I mean, that's his star role, and, like, he hasn't topped it yet. Do you know what I mean? So. Well, yeah, he has that bit part, so he's played the villain. Yeah, but he's, he's good, but he hasn't had something to... Uh, boost him up like that, man. That that was like epic, man. His performance was something else, man. That is what you call a classic movie. Classic life fight. You know what I mean? It's, it's worthy of it's worthy of more awards and uh, more praise than it got. It's, it has become a cult classic, though. Yeah? A lot of people really do love that film still. Yeah, I love it. It's been out for um, several years now, but um, you forgot something, now. What's that? Bandai Namco uh, interview. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, go check out the website, uh, the YouTube channel. We've got our new YouTube channel up. Uh, there's a couple of videos currently on now, uh, one of which is our interview with the executives of Bandai Namco. Uh, we went to their store last week. Was it last week or the week before? I think it was the week before. Last week? No, no. Last, was it? Last week? I think it was last week. Yeah. Yeah, go check, go check out the interview. We go around the store. I know we need to put music in. Uh, we will do that for the next one. There is two videos up there right now. Uh, there's another one with Roger Clark. Yeah, Yeah, but uh, the thing is, moment, let me explain. We couldn't put music in because it would have clashed with the music playing in the background over there. Yeah, so, um, yeah, that will kind of mess it up. That's why. So there was a bit of music when I were, like, in that 30-second clip of the store. Um but in the rest of it, no, it wasn't feasible. But the next one, we'll plan it. But obviously, you don't want the background music to clash with the music that's over there already. Do you know what I mean? That, that doesn't make no sense. Also, uh, Depend- depending on what editing software you use, some of them have like noise, re- uh, background noise reducing features. So. Vocal because uh, it does distort the vocals a bit because you're reducing certain frequencies, yeah? So uh, your vocals do suffer some distortion. Maybe not everyone can hear it, but I can. And um, yeah, I, I mean, I did put. Yeah, it was. Yeah, you gotta be careful with that. Final Cut Pro, Da Vinci has it. Yeah, yeah, but you just gotta be careful. Um, also, um, what else was there? There was uh, uh, that. Yeah, the main uh, Japanese. <coughs> Down, didn't he, Carl? Yeah. He was pretty nice. He's a cool guy. Yeah. Uh, he mostly spoke Japanese. Yeah, just translator. Um, yeah, it was a good event. And just have to talk about my Mario Kart. Go on, you tell them. What did I do with Mario Kart Arcade? Uh, you stayed there for an extra hour after the shop closed. <laughs> Everyone was waiting. Three hours non-stop. Yeah, man. And I rang you, didn't I, after? And you said, yeah. dude, it's closed. And I thought, oh, man, no shit. I need to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I was saying, Ted, you didn't leave to 11. Yeah, I did not know. I was beating... I asking you to leave, to be honest. <laughs> I, was, I was beating everyone in the game, man. No one could beat me. 
I'm a Mario Kart champion. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. We, will, we will have more videos. If you guys have any ideas for videos that you want us to do, like deep dive analysis or whatever, uh, send us an email, talkinggamespodcast at outlook.com. Uh, we do read all emails that are sent over. Uh, also, if you wanted to uh, to discuss anything on this podcast, send an email there as well. If there's any news topics or anything you'd like us to discuss, send it to there and I'll, uh, I'll get back to you. Um, but that's going to do it. That's been episode 114. Thank you everyone for joining us. We will be back next week, uh, hopefully, uh, with the full crew. Um, but yeah, don't forget to check out the website, follow us on all the socials. Thank you to you two guys for joining me this week, Shinobi and Nightmare. No problem, Thank you very much, guys. Uh, we'll be back next week. Don't forget to check out my review for Armored Core 6. Uh, we have got a couple of other reviews dropping this week uh, as well. Um, and hopefully I will see you soon. Uh, don't forget to check out the Major underscore GE on YouTube. I'll be doing uh, Starfield videos when the uh, the embargo lifts on the 31st or might be the 1st, depending on how much available time I have um, for those vid gameplay videos. Mainly of it will be focusing on ships and outpost building and things of that nature. Um, so, yeah, go follow me on YouTube. Uh, but that's being said, that's it. Thank you very much. I'll see you guys next week. Same time, same place. Take care, guys. Love you. See you soon. Bye. It's a Talking Games Podcast.